Did you know that the 4th of July is on a Thursday this year? That's going to be a full weekend of fun out on the deck, four days. But if your deck isn't what it used to be and you aren't using it for great family gatherings, you need to call my friends at All Weather Decks. All Weather Decks is a 24-time winner of the Angie Super Service Award. And they probably help one of your neighbors. Click on the map link at allweatherdecks.net. Call All Weather Decks today at 913-206-1974 or go to allweatherdecks.net and mention you heard it on 810. Call now and relax. The Zone is presented by Guaranteed Foods, delivering all natural food to Midwestern families since 1958. Enjoy healthier food, more free time, free delivery, and better value. Go to GuaranteedFoods.com. We've got a very interesting game to look back on, and then I think what might just be a real interesting primetime bit of action coming up on Sunday Night Football. Nobody better to talk about it with than Ryan Tracy. You can follow him on Twitter at RyanTracyNFL. You can also check out his work in a whole bunch of places. Locked on Chiefs podcast, RGR Football, uh, plus everything he does leading up to the draft is absolutely unreal. We will talk more about that when the weather warms up a little bit, I think, Ryan. I know that I know that pre-draft season never really ends for you, but if I'm in a hoodie and we're not even to Christmas yet it's a little early for me to start looking at at power rankings at this point for prospects oh you're gonna be fine you never (laughs) sprinkle a little in Josh I mean look if you want to tell me that there's like a receiver that perfectly fits all of the Chiefs metrics and prototypes that they might be able to get in the early 30s I mean I'd listen I guess there is. He wears number two for the University of Washington. <laughs> I've heard a little bit about this fella. You know, we can. All right. I'm now. I'm in. Okay. I'm ready. I'll go ahead. I'm ready for the draft guide. <laughs> It'll be uh, out in three days. We'll see what we can get. Yeah. Jan and Jan Paul They're going to get a lot of attention. There'll be a lot of connections to Casey. I'm excited to talk to you about that once the season has wrapped up. But in the meantime, uh, I know you, you were on with us a little bit ago and, and got to talk to Jason about a bunch. I, I am curious now with uh, this sort of uh, recent change in how the offense looked against the Raiders. Before we get granular into what we saw there, has your zoomed out view of the Chiefs offense changed a little bit? Is there anything that you feel like you kind of settled in? Any core facts you really do believe strongly now about this Chiefs offense? You don't want to know the facts that, that, that I have seen reinforced because you've heard them all before. You need to run the ball a little bit, Josh. Yeah. I know it hurts you, but you need to do it. Isaiah Pacheco is, I think, underneath the hood, the guy that keeps everything running in this particular version of the read offense on time. And you got to make sure that you, you feed that. It doesn't have to be, you know, three heaping servings at Thanksgiving, but it needs to be a nice, steady diet. A meat and potatoes from Isaiah Pacheco. And I think that helps everything else. The evolution that we're seeing in the, the passing game, that needs to be supported with the run. And I think as long as they keep that in sight, they're going to be all right. I'm looking at, I'm just going to pick a different side dish, a different category of food, and then all of a sudden I think I think we're going to be on pretty even footing here. you got to eat your vegetables. That You want to keep everything moving, so to speak. Uh, you, you can't skip over. You can't be Al Michaels. You can't skip over every green thing, and even I understand that. So, And look, the Chiefs did me a favor by, by drafting a running back as fun to watch as Isaiah Pacheco. I have more fun watching him lose 11 yards than I have watching most running backs gain four or five. Like I, I am enamored with him so that does not hurt me at all good 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 and hopefully it won't hurt anybody else because it's <laughs> got to be a staple and i think what we've seen them dive not is when we've seen them get in a little bit of trouble yes there are things you need to sort out on the pass catcher side 
But having that as your staple, I think, is, is what's going to stabilize them here through the end of the regular season and allow them to kind of springboard into the postseason. This might be like taking a step back into some like 101 territory, but when you do talk about like an offense staying on time, and specifically the Chiefs' offense that way, can you can you zoom us back a smidge and, and kind of d- give us an example of, of what that looks like when it's going well and, and what happens when the timing is thrown off? It really just, in terms of the overall offense and, and the balance and what you do on first down, keeping you on time, is just keeping things easy, making your life simple, getting yourself in second and six, second and four, getting yourself in third and two, not third and 18, as we've seen some of the penalty structure go on this season. That's keeping the offense on time, and that keeps you rolling, and I think allows you to pick up not only momentum for what Patrick has to do in dealing the ball a little bit, quicker we know he's holding the ball longer this season but I think when this offense looks the best it's when the timing per play is on track and is quicker and then that keeps the offense on track as a whole and on time as a whole and so it's all about I think execution in what is fundamental time unfortunately a lot of other offenses are based on that as well this is a little bit of a return to the norm and not being such of an outlier offense we've seen in years past but it is definitely, for this group, what works. What What is it that you think necessitated that for the Chiefs this year? I'm, I'm guessing there are a couple of, of pretty slam-dunk answers, but, but why was that evolution a part of the plan? Or why did it need to become one? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question, whether it was there originally or not. There's, there's two main factors. I think there was a little bit of an overestimation about some of the skill players uh, and their... Success in the secondary, having so many young players come along so quickly, they tried to port that over to the pass catcher positions, and I think that didn't quite work out the way that they expected. A little bit slower of an of a evolution there, and that's okay. But I think also what they were trying to get out of the offensive tackle position isn't quite what they had expected. Obviously, the penalties have been a big story this year, but just the overall performance is not what they'd hoped And what you're trying to do is give Patrick a solid pocket to throw from. Yes, he's holding the ball longer, but he's still getting guys in his face when he's trying to deliver the ball. So, yes, the the length of the play is longer, but the actual delivery point that it leaves his hand looks very similar to what it's looked like in years past. So that fix I don't think has come to fruition yet. Maybe it still can, but it's going to take a little bit more tweaking. As I continue to just try to beat some of the allegations that I, I hate running the football and offensive linemen, I really I, I want to I want to build a new reputation that, that does not include that. This will be the third time today I've I've asked about the offensive line. I, I asked Matt Derrick about it a little bit. We talked to Kendall Gammon about it a little bit, and specifically how good Patrick Mahomes is at not letting pressures almost ever turn into sacks, and certainly at a clip that is, like, historic. But but dig in a little bit on, on what you've seen from the offensive line because it is it is harder for me to confidently evaluate, in part because of what Mahomes does with the ball in his hand and in part because of how the Chiefs' running game does typically function. Where where has that where has the offensive line met expectations? Where have they missed them? And is there anywhere that they have overachieved in your eyes? It's a great question, and I think overall, as a unit, I think they're on track for what we had expected to see. Obviously, a little bit different flavor for both tackles. I think getting off to such an interesting start for Taylor in particular kind of threw off the progress. I think they're getting more scrutiny from the rest. I think there's probably a handful of penalties that have been called that on a normal year without that 
couple of of spotlight weeks early, maybe it might not be called at all because the old adage is still true. There's holding on every play, on nearly every player in that trench. It's just how adamant and how much scrutiny you're getting on whether they get called with this much repetition. So I think overall they're probably performing how we wanted. I think there was probably more hope for Donovan Smith in his past sets to make more of a recovery towards 2021. He's certainly functional, uh, but I don't think it's exactly where they had hoped to get him. So you could call that underachievement a bit. I think what you've seen from the interior three has been pretty on par. Um, a little bit more improvement, I think, in the run game in general, and in particular trying to get off the ball in the shorter yardage. And I don't mean uh, the third and ones, but third and threes, third and fours, things that they're trying to get some, I think, repetitions in so later in the season those third and ones look better and are more achievable. But I think overall it's been pretty steady and not out of the realm of expectation to begin with. What I'm hoping for is that with the penalty structure and everything else, as they go along here through the next three, four games, that that quote-unquote gel time that we always talk about in camp and in the, the early season really starts to pay off as they approach the postseason. And it seems like that's a long time, right? Yeah. But it should be coming. Specifically in the run blocking, has there been anything that they've they've tinkered with schematically that has caught your eye in terms of any of the blocking schemes, or is it just a matter of they, they've spent a little more time doing it now, and so we're getting to see them put the ball on the ground a little more often? Honestly, the thing that I'm hoping that they just double down on and just run some more basic double-team combat yeah. concepts like, like duo doesn't seem to be in the cards. Yeah. I feel like Creed's playing with a little bit level, lower pad level, a little bit better leverage. Uh, I think Joe Tooney is, is probably utilizing his feet a little bit better than we've seen in the past. It's, it's one of his strongest points, and I think he might have gotten away from that a little bit last year. Hmm. But now it's becoming more of, hey, we can't get by by throwing 40 passes a game. We're going to have to move the ball on the ground. So for me, what it looks like is just effort and dominance and, and looking to not lose this particular snap where I don't know that the emphasis was there before. And so I'd love to know if it were practice reps. I don't know that that's the case, but it looks like more determination from this unit as a whole for me. And that might even roll down to say Wani Morris coming in for five snaps and looking as though that we've missed some progress while he's not been in the starting lineup. And I think that's encouraging as well. And that comes back to that same attitude of I'm going to get my chance. I'm going to do the most with it. And I think it's a little bit more determination across the board. Then before we get to the offense, I will go ahead and let us spend a little time on the big story. And I think the fun story, because of how the Raiders game went, uh, we have spent a lot of time talking about the Chiefs wide receivers, but we saw them run that offense by and large through Rasheed Rice in a big way against Vegas and a lot of different stuff they asked him to do, specifically about what Rice was able to accomplish and the variety of of things that he was able to do in that game. What impressed you the most and how sustainable do you think that's going to be? I do think it will be sustainable. I think there'll still be a concentration drop from time to time. Yeah. Uh, that's the nature of being a rookie in this league. And, and as much as you think that that's been cleaned up, and I hope that it has, there'll still be one or two. But in particular, attacking the edges and being outside the numbers, I think that's the big thing for me that I've wanted to see more of. Sitting down the middle of the zone, we've seen him do that, and I think that's efficient, and I think it shows his progress over some of the other younger receivers. Mm-hmm. But I think that's where you have to make your money. Because if you try to pack too many pass catchers, or, or in this case, 
the one guy that you really want to feed next to Travis Kelsey on pass concepts that are going to put them in closer proximity rather than attacking the sideline, I think you're not helping yourself as much as you possibly can. So what I'd like to see them double down on is the outbreaking routes, the things to get him a little bit more in isolation on the side and let Patrick use his arm in hopefully a more timing-based role, get him the ball and get it into his hands. I love what he does after contact, and I think that's probably the thing I'm most excited about. I don't want to compare him to past Chiefs receivers, but when he has that ball and there is a defender bearing down on him, I feel more confident about where he is than most years past, including Juju Smith-Schuster mm. and a number of other guys that have been good in that role, that, that strength possession type reception. Uh, and then he's got the, the, the ability to turn it up. He really is an all-around receiver that I think is just showing us a, a small glimpse of what his capability is truly going to be. And we talked about him certainly right after the draft, and I, I think we probably talked about him a little bit before the draft at some point, just kind of going through the receivers and everything. What is there anything that, that you have seen from him as a pro and at this point in the season that you didn't see from him in college? Or is it just that some of the stuff he was doing in college, you know, Matt Nagy said yesterday, they, they weren't ready to trust any rookie early in the year on third and eight or whatever. And, and maybe it's by necessity, maybe it's by choice, but we're here now. Has he shown you other stuff or is it just that we are seeing a bunch of that translate from college? I, I think what he has shown me is I didn't see a ton of the – zone awareness type things. Mm-hmm. And they've also spoken about how they're getting a lot of strange zone looks, mm-hmm. things that they don't expect. And so it is very much a post-snap read and react skill set that I didn't see in college. He ran dedicated routes. They tried to get him the ball to a spot where they felt would be advantage for him, not that kind of rolling, I'm going to adapt to what I'm seeing live on the go and hope that Patrick gets to the same spot. And the whole concept of being Patrick-friendly is not that you're – creating gross amounts of separation. It's not that you're in a dedicated spot all the time. It's that you're reading and seeing what he sees and adapting to it the same way. And I think that has been maybe a slower progression than we wanted to see, but that seems like the page that they're getting on. So I'd like to see that. But there are other staples, too. Uh, college games where you did put it up outside shoulder throws along the sideline again, where you feel that he has the confidence and the ability to go get the ball and win a battle against the DB. I, I don't think we've seen much of that that makes me feel like they're going to emphasize it, but I do think it's there, and I think it's a skill set that can still be developed and utilized. What have you learned this year? Or talking about Ryan, uh, talking to Ryan Tracy here. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter, Ryan Tracy NFL. It's also where he has all the links to all the billion things he does. RGR Football on YouTube. If you're not following that as a Chiefs fan, I, you're wasting your time. Uh, so RGRFootball.com. You can uh, get it all there and uh, and follow him on Twitter at Ryan Tracy NFL. What have you learned this year, if anything, about how the Chiefs value and evaluate wide receivers because you mentioned that there with Rasheed Rice that it's not necessarily we're not necessarily expecting them to use that part of his game more because I don't expect the Chiefs to ever use that part of anybody's game more even though it's something that we've seen Rice do <laughs> is there is there a lesson to be learned in in terms of the, the types of receivers that they value uh, or is this more about a, a guy like specifically Sky Moore or MVS either uh, underdeveloping or regressing or again is there a bigger lesson to learn I, I think it's not necessarily a bigger lesson, but I think we're starting to see other aspects of, of how they go about those evaluations and what they are looking for. And part of it's still what we've talked about in the past in that you want to be able to have a guy that can play all three positions, that can learn how to attack the defense from those three positions. 
but also about varying the skill set. It, it's even less so about pigeonholing someone into mm-hmm. what their role is in college or what you think the type tells you about them. I think it really is about the adaptability, and that doesn't mean that Sky Moore isn't adapting well. It just means that Rasheed Rice, because of his skill set, I think has been able to adapt to what they're getting now. If Sky Moore was seeing 90% man coverage, I think his adaptation would have gone in a different direction. He might be more productive now. It's just the combination of where they are in their evolution as each individual player versus what they're seeing down to down. So the lesson for me is that they're still trying to hit on guys that they see an aspect of their game they can build around and then diversify and make them a versatile three-position wide receiver after that. Mm. I think there are some times where that versatility overtakes maybe what their best trade is, and maybe that isn't hammered enough, isn't used as the the act that they need to use it while developing the other skill sets. And that may be something that comes to a head – when you're not able to move the ball through the air as much as you want to, and you are going to have to go back to basics and go back to the skill sets that define the player as you're evaluating them. I think we've seen that a little bit with Rice and his progression. And I'm just trying to figure out how that's going to play out for guys like Kadarius Tony, who yeah. has been used so sparingly until one game when he gets all kinds of contact, and then there's another injury issue, and you're just trying to play that game of, keeping him intact, allowing him to do what he does. And I think there's still something where you just have to double down and go back to what he is best at in making guys miss, getting the ball in his hands early, and attacking the defense horizontally with him while others have to be a little bit more vertical. Last big picture thing before we look to the Packers. Who's the second best receiver on this team right now? And, and who, who would you back for the rest of the year to say, oh, we're, we're going we're gonna to see something from somebody who's not named Rasheed Rice or Travis Kelsey, I imagine. Um, if you wanted to expand it to all pass catchers, I guess that's fine. But specifically amongst the wide receivers, we're, we're, we're back in Rasheed Rice. Who gives you the most hope next? You know, I wish I could tell you I could flip a coin, but I would probably need a dice for this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you would. Six sides would do it, You need more think. options. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, knock on wood. Um, you know, my gut always says that what you show on the field is what you're going to get. And, and there are times we've had problems with uh, Watson drops. But until this last ball game, you can just see how much the offense and Patrick Mahomes trust him. And I think that will probably come back around. I think there'll be some big plays from him. But the question for me always comes back to, is Tony healthy and can they use him enough to feed him? And I don't mean that it's got to be you know, 12 targets per game, but it's got to be more than just a couple of gadget plays and a slant. It's got to be a good five, six, eight targets on plays that he can actually have a chance at not just trying to make seven guys miss, but make a move and go and be able to have some space to work in. If that happens, then I would put my money on Tony. That I didn't even expect you to go to Tony, just because I, I until you mentioned his name a second ago, I kind of forgot that he existed because I was so hurt <laughs> by him being a late scratch last weekend. And I would, man, what I would not give for Kadarius Tony to just be able to turn up his whatever his stamina or turn his injury slider down or whatever. Man, I he is electric. He is so much fun to watch with the ball in his hands. He certainly is, and he's the guy that has that potential. If if we're saying, hey, you know, who can stand out here down the stretch? Justin Watson isn't going to raise his game much other than taking away the drops, right? Yep. He is 
pretty much a, a finished product. Same thing with MVS. I think Sky's actually played really hard, especially when he gets the ball and he's been taking on tackles. I think he's been playing very tough. But I don't know if there's something instantly here between now and the end of the regular season or maybe even the first couple of rounds of the playoffs that he can do to elevate his game given the role that he's in now. So it really comes down to just kind of an A-B option. And Tony's the guy that they've been trying to protect from injury and they've been trying to have uh, in reserve. And so I feel like that plan is going to play out to fruition. It's going to be whether when Andy pulls the trigger on him, can he survive contact? That's, I think, the only limitation. It's a heck of a limitation in a very physical sport, but I think you're right. I think it's the only one. God, this what a, what a catch-22. Uh, let's look ahead to uh, yeah. to Green Bay, Sunday Night Football in Lambeau. What have you uh, what have you seen from the Packers as of late, and, and where does your evaluation of Jordan Love end up? You know, it's been a bit of a spark. Uh, I think what I've been happy with what I've seen from Love lately is that he's being more, I think, situationally aware mm. in – making sure you get the first down. He's been better on third down lately. I think he's – I can't speak to the leadership aspect, but it feels like the offense responds to him a little bit more than previous weeks. Uh, this is going to be a test. Last I checked, it's going to be upper 20s, low 30s, right about the freezing point. Uh, there should be some snow. I'll be able to tell you that uh, on Sunday night because I'll be there. So oh, I didn't know you were going. I'm sorry. I buried the lead. No, no, hey. I, I, it's one of those uh, bucket list games for me. I've never yeah. seen a game live in that stadium. So That's awesome. We're going to try that out. And uh, hopefully, uh, if the Chiefs are not able to pull it out, you all can blame me. That's fine. That's fine, yeah. But in the meantime, <laughs> I think it's going to be uh, an interesting challenge. The bigger thing for me is their defensive front, I think, is underrated. Mm-hmm. And I think for all the things that we've, we've watched this season about trying to get the Chiefs offense going, they have to be cognizant and aware of what I think Clark is. And honestly, Carl has been playing better as well. It's not just for Sean Gary, who had a big breakout, maybe not even a breakout game, but a highlight game, Mm -hmm. that is really going to, I think, be the talk this week between him and uh, Donovan Smith on the left-hand side of the offense. But I think there's more to it than that. And so if there's any kind of weather-related breaks put on the offense, Mm -hmm. and then their defensive front is able to get to Patrick a little bit, you're going to see a team – in the Chiefs' offensive side, that has to kind of double down and restart again. And I think once they get outside the first 15 plays, we're really going to get an idea of what can they do on this particular night in this particular stadium. That's what I really want to see. I'm confident in the defense. Yeah. I think it's going to be a big night for a couple of guys, and in particular, uh, I'm really interested to see just where Trent McDuffie takes his game now. Uh, we haven't seen the interceptions, but we've seen the forced fumbles. This is going to be a game. The ball's going to be wet. There's going to be snow on the ground at least at some point. What can he do to raise his game? There's a couple of receivers there. Uh, their third guy who lined up in the slot a lot in Reed, I think will be an interesting matchup if he can go. If not, I think the blitz package is all over the place, and Steve Spagnuolo is going to run through McDuffie ragged chasing the quarterback. Oh, it'll be a blast. I'm glad you're going to get to see it in person. Do you have a score prediction ready to go? You know, I'm confident that it's going to be a little bit more of a game early than uh, any of us would like to see. But in the end, I have the Chiefs winning this 28-17. 28-17 Chiefs, and you'll be there to preside over it all in Lambeau. Man, enjoy that. That's going to be a blast. And I look forward to talking again soon about how hopefully you're not the Chiefs' bad luck charm. Well, let's keep it that way, knock on wood. (laughs) Let's do it. All right, we'll talk about the draft (laughs) next time.
Thanks, Josh. Appreciate it. <laughs> it's Ryan Tracy. Seriously, an incredible resource for Chiefs fans everywhere and anywhere. Uh, you can just go to rgrfootball.com. It'll take you to the YouTube page. But you've got RGR Football on YouTube. You've got Locked On Chiefs. Everything else that he does. The draft guide is spectacular. Uh, the Athletic Matrix. Again, following him on Twitter at Ryan Tracy NFL. Also, a good way to see everything he's doing there. Just tremendous work across the board from Ryan Tracy. We'll take a break ourselves. We'll come back and hear from Andy Reid. Maybe hear from Travis Kelsey and begin to get you to 2 o'clock when the program takes over. But right now, it's still the zone. No Jason Anderson today, but it's me, Joshua Briscoe, alongside Dylan Michaels. More zone next. We got some moving parts here as we get you to Arrowhead here from the Chiefs. Get you set up on a red Friday. I know I'm wearing almost entirely gray today. Dylan and I brought a very black, white, and gray energy Dylan's outfit, but this is really just for the Twitch. I'm, I got a Charlie Hustle hoodie I, I'm really a big fan of. Dylan, put the camera on yourself again. Dylan's wearing the absolute sickest Guinness hoodie I've ever seen. It's like if Chris Hemsworth's hoodie in Knives Out was sponsored by Guinness. It's not actually the same style, but it's a white sweater. Uh, just, just at, was this Is this from Ireland by chance, Dylan, or is this a... What's, this, what's the origin? It is from the streets of Dublin. Actually, it's even. I gotta tell Sterling because he also understands how sick this sweater is, and he needs to know that it's actually even cooler. That's awesome. Well, if make, I got my Charlie Hustle KC Heart tie dye hoodie here in Kansas City, so I mean, we're both representing where we got the thing from. Hundred percent. But that sweater is absolutely sick. Um, so we may hear from Travis Kelsey before the show's over. It sounds like his availability is uh, a TBD floating time. But Andy Reid did speak to the media just a little bit ago, and uh, we can hear from the Chiefs head coach in a real Fast Friday. Hey, um, look forward to the challenge of playing the Packers. Good football team. Uh, both sides of the ball have special teams. So uh, our guys have had a good week of practice and uh, look forward to the challenge of playing them. So that time, George. So you're expecting everybody to be available Sunday, McKinnon and Tony? Yeah. Right now, yep. Does that include Nick Bolton or are you going to wait on Probably wait on Nick. Boy Doe did some good things in training camp, and you promoted him this week. What uh, what have you seen from him since? Yeah, um, he has done a good job. Uh, he, he um, he's obviously fast, um, which we knew, and he's worked on his technique and fundamentals. He has a pretty good grasp of the of the defense. So um, uh, that was why we did that. Another thing happened about it since we talked to you. They flexed your game in a couple weeks back to the Sunday. That's down the road a ways, but that'll just be some schedule adjusting for you guys to play a little bit sooner. Is it just is what it is in today's league, right? That yeah. You have somebody move back. Yeah, you got to keep the flexibility, <laughs> you know, up uh, there. They, uh, we're, we're good. Whatever they decide, we're good. I know they've decided, but I mean, whatever, whatever's decided, we, we go with. It went a little off the wall when you told us the other day about the Doc T talking to the guys about sleep and all that stuff. I mean, you work really hard and grind, and you take those things to heart when he's telling those guys about rest and all that stuff. And uh, has that maybe changed for you over the years? I probably failed that test. <laughs> 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 but, um, I'm, I'm good with it, though. I've been that way since I was a kid. So. Be good. All right, all right guys. Thanks. Yeah, thank you.
That's a fun question there from Lebo of uh, you know talking about the, the the sleep science and everything. And yeah, Andy Reid's definitely not sleeping enough, but uh, he he's a a pretty old fella who at this point a uh, pretty old dog perhaps who may not learn any new tricks about sleeping. Apparently, he's just not slept very much since he was a kid. That's a that's an interesting little nugget there. Uh, and uh, as you heard at the top, everybody expected to be able to be available, including Jarek McKinnon. But Nick Bolton is not fully on the active roster. He he was brought off IR in his not, not off IR. I should correct that now. His 21 day practice window was opened, and so he can be at practice and will get designations at practice, uh, but does not actually take up an active roster spot. It's just a warm up, ramp up period to bring a guy from the short term IR onto the active roster. So sounds like uh, there's a pretty good chance that he's back for the Bills, perhaps on uh, December 10th, or. Um, or right after with the uh, with the Patriots uh, now on Sunday. Also, just another little uh, wrinkle within all of that. It is a day earlier to face the Patriots, which you'll do after playing the Bills at home, but it's uh, an extra day to get back and back on schedule before facing off with the Raiders on Monday on Christmas. A road game and a night game in New England is, you know, you're getting back in the early hours of Tuesday morning and then having to shorten up your, your entire week there, getting ready for Vegas again on Christmas. So we'll uh, we'll see where that ends up. Um, curious to see if... Here's the thing. We got the cuts, which we're going to do, and we may hear from Travis Kelsey. And it sounds like maybe it makes sense to take a quick break now, come back and see if we're going to hear from Travis Kelsey. And if not, we'll just send you into the weekend with some fun and the cuts. Let's go ahead and do that now. Take an early time out this segment of The Zone. When we come back, it'll either be funny or Travis Kelsey or hopefully a little bit of both. Look at this timing. Travis Kelsey to the podium right now live at Arrowhead Stadium. Anywhere else in the, in the league. So um, there's that aspect, the history. You feel it when you're on that field. Um, and obviously the Packers, that's a, it's a big time home field advantage for their fan base because how much they show up every single home game. So it's um, so times that I played there, uh, it's been a, a crazy atmosphere, and I'm excited for this one. You guys uh, got some things going in the second half, especially scoring some points offensively. That would have been a, a rough stretch before. What was working for you guys against the Raiders? Um, well, penalties and turnovers have always kind of been what we've been preaching Uh in terms of uh, how we fix our second half stuff. And sure enough, you saw us uh, flying downfield, kind of penalty free and turnover free, and uh, found, a way, found a way to get the ball in the end zone, right? Travis, just beyond that, how would you just assess where the offense is right now? Slowly inclining, getting better, man, every single day. You can see it out on the field. You can see how everybody's uh, more in tune with the offense and kind of feels their role being developed and um, kind of rising to the occasion when you get asked to do more. What's the balance of, I mean, obviously you guys have lofty goals where, where you've been the past several years, but what's the balance of a team with those sort of goals, having young players that you do have to have? What you just mentioned about that patience waiting on us. I mean, at this point, there's uh, there's really, there's no patience. No, Everybody's kind of on on the same page that we got to get this thing rolling now. And uh, you felt that last week during the game. Uh, and sure enough, you felt it this week during during practices and even today. And um, everybody knows that we're uh, this thing is uh, it, we understand what it can be, and I think that's the uh, the excitement we were uh, able to bring every single day. The last two games, uh, they put you more in the backfield, sometimes as a lead blocker. I just wonder if that was a suggestion you maybe had before the bye week, or just what that sort of adjustment does for the rest of the. Whatever offense. the team needs, man. I'm uh, as much as um. 
Coach Reed needs me anywhere on the field, um, mixed into the run game, pass game. Uh, I'm here for that. Yeah. And you know, you played almost every snap against the Eagles. They sort of you know trended you down a little bit against the Raiders, just because it is your 11th year, you're playing through some injuries. Just how much have you <coughs> tried to manage your own snap count during the game versus the competitiveness to always want to be out there? The only time I'm ever coming off the field, uh, like me personally coming off the field, is, is if I feel like I'm, I'm just too exhausted, or I'm, you know, I've just had so many plays in a row, or I've just had a big play where I had a big hit or something. Those are the only times you'll see me come off the field. Um, outside of that, it's it's all just whatever the game plan is, and I'm always on board with that. However, whoever is out there on the field, you know, obviously I want to be out there helping my team out, teammates out, but I'm a. Uh, I'm not looking at my snap count on how many plays I'm playing per game or anything like that. Andy used a term on Monday on the Zoom to talk about Rashid had a really nice game. It's more Patrick friendly, uh, you know, running his routes and doing things. What, what does it mean to be Patrick friendly to you? And when did that kind of, how long did it take for you guys to get there? I mean, it's uh, the thing about being in this offense, it's nonstop, just uh, it's always growing. And uh, with that being said, there's routes that I've ran early on with Pat that. Uh, can kind of give reference to some young guys or give reference to what we're running nowadays. Um, and you just, you over time, you just find what's unique about this offense that, that can make it run that much more uh, efficient. And, um, you know, with the reps that, that you get, you just keep, you know, kind of uh, computing that data, man. Chad, you caught a pass in every game that you played except the very first one. Mm-hmm. That's because you played one snap on special teams, I guess. What do yeah. you remember about that? Like, what special team were you well, on? What I remember is it was a blocked field goal, and I was supposed to be on the side that it was blocked from. <laughs> um, so yeah, my guy Sean McGrath, man. Sorry, Sean, wherever you're at, brother. I, I put him in a hot spot. Um, the left wing went down. I was supposed to go into the left side, and sure enough, I looked over and was like, hey, my left knee isn't too, isn't too strong right now. You're trying to take this side. I know they're coming from that side, and it was a block, but um, that's all I can really remember from uh, from that game. I actually I thought it was against the Cowboys, but I guess it was against the Giants. So I don't even know. Travis, what, what's the ceiling for Rasheed? What, what kind of player do you feel like he can realistically be? Man, he could be a number one on this on this team. He could be a number one in the league. I think he's he's got all the talent that you need in that receiver room. Man, he's um, he could play inside. He could play outside. Um, strong with the ball, can do things with the with the ball in his hands once you get it to him. Uh, meaning that you can run routes with him or you can just get the ball in his hands right now and he can do some things. Um, and that's why it's so fun playing with him because his role is getting bigger and bigger every single week, and um, it's exciting to see him rise to the occasion. Todd was talking about the, the Patrick-friendly phrase. What advice do you give to him? What do you tell him as far as how to make himself more Patrick-friendly? Just keep just keep growing. He's got a great feel for the, for the game. And, um, you know, the thing about being uh, Patrick-friendly is he's going to let you know when you're doing the right things. You know, that's the ultimate leader he is and just who he is as a quarterback. And he's going to come up to you and, and talk to you about where he kind of likes you to fit in voids or how, how, you, how he sees things kind of developing versus certain coverages. And as long as you're a sponge, you just absorb everything, uh, not only from him, but from Coach Reed and how he teaches the, the offense all across the board, um, like he's been doing. Um, you're going to keep seeing him excel and get, him, uh, get more stuff thrown on his plate. Nate? Chuck, maybe you notice differently or sort of adding to this game more for Isaiah Pacheco more from your point of view too? I mean, right now it's uh, we go as he goes, man. He's uh, he's playing 
unbelievable football with a lot of energy and um, making everybody love blocking for him, man. And that's uh, Clyde was in there last week doing the same thing, running downhill. And uh, Jarek, obviously, always a fan favorite and always a teammate favorite. I uh, love blocking for that guy. So it's just, you know, whoever's back there, it's we're rolling. But the offensive line has got a got a great mentality going into the games. We've got a great run game going this week. So I expect Isaiah to keep doing what he's doing. Okay. Thanks, Travis. How's it going, guys? There you have it, Travis Kelsey here live on Sports Radio 810 WHB. And uh, some interesting stuff in there uh, about uh, a lot of things, actually, from Rasheed Rice to Isaiah Pacheco to him realizing he said too many nice things about Isaiah Pacheco and also needed to say nice things about Clyde and uh, Jarek McKinnon. Speaking of Jarek McKinnon, the Chiefs injury uh, officially, uh, their, their injury report officially out for Sunday Night Football. Jarek McKinnon officially questionable for Sunday Night Football. Andy Reid said he should be good to go. Nick Bolton officially out as Andy Reid indicated. Again, he's not actually off the IR yet, just has his practice window opened. And Packers coach Matt LaFleur told reporters today that Aaron Jones, with his knee sprain, will not play again this week. Has not practiced since his injury. So uh, another running back in the uh, the one-two punch there for the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Jones will not be on the field on Sunday Night Football. we still got a few minutes to enjoy some of the cuts, and Jason's not here, and we've got a pretty big archive. So, Dylan, I say... We start with some of the old ones, because there are some oldies but goodies that have not yet made the cut to cuts. I know they start off with a bang. What? And they'll play that at my funeral, and you'll be standing over me, and you'll look next to my crying (laughs) children, and you say, you know what? I don't really like this song. Do you you think, why do you think I'm going to outlive you? Oh, let me give you a list of reasons. Are you really kidding me? Let me write a book. The length of Moby Dick. Let's whoa, sorry. Uh, let's hear from. <laughs> Get me off the air. This was like October, right? Like early uh, October. Se- yeah, September twenty. September, fantastic. Uh, I think there's a part two. I wasn't driving. The cooch was driving. You and the cooch. The cooch and his lovely wife, Mrs. Cooch. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Cooch. Hello, Miss Cooch. And then. I, that was pretty late in the show. I don't think Lebo or Steven had slept very much. I can't remember the circumstances. Uh, I think it was a late night, primetime Sunday night game. Ah, and that's how you get to writing a book as long as Moby Dick. What? Jeez. Was that Isaiah Pacheco? Yeah, that's it. That's been in that folder for so long. And, like, grab it, but he didn't, like, pull or jerk it one way. So, therefore, the pulling motion and the jerking motion took place that's good to know, Jason. Thank you. I don't think I've licked any of the railings here. Uh, several of the microphones just by accident. I mean, we're, we talk into them all the time. That's why we wear a little uh, cap thing? You, you pop yeah. your plosives, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you and Nate Bucati may have shared some spit. What? Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Not ashamed. Yeah, well, I mean, I'll take the blame first before you. He's greedy. I mean, he's not. Um, absolutely. Yeah. For you, anything. <laughs> <laughs> for you, anything, sir. Anything. Anything. Sir, Patch with the program coming up in a couple of minutes, and, and Andy Reid would do anything for that show. I think uh, anyone that has my phone number knows better than calling me about something like that. So something, this is a ringtone we should all have. At a souped up tempo. I'm on a roll. All right, Josh, get out of here. It's time to get solo. <laughs> Hey! Rolling! 5.0, the rack top down, the hair can't blow. Girlie's on standby waiting to say hi. Yeah, we're going to erase all that, Josh. No, don't don't you worry. No, no, that's going to be erased. Don't worry. That'll be erased.
Sometimes you have to record things. Sometimes Jason starts rapping, and sometimes those things get safe. Thank you, Jason. This is appropriate material for X. Me, You're saying me, that's the next video? Me, me pulling on the teats of the cow <laughs> is definitely... This is the agony of the teat. <laughs> but see, I think this is just obviously city boy versus farm boy here and are, are, are growing up because yeah. that is your milking symbol. Is, uh-huh. Yeah. And, 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 and yours is... Is more the udders, you know, I, with a cow. It's just a special day of radio that day. Just a good Friday. He's already just turned 34. Do you feel like with Travis that things are just a little tougher for him now? Uh, I haven't seen that. I mean, he goes out and he, he cranks every day, so I mean... <laughs> I'm just delighted to find some of these because these have gotten lost. I, I remember marking them. I don't remember that one. At, hit, hit that one again. Just play that one again if you can. If you need to go play another one and come back to that. I just He's already just turned 34. Do you feel like with Travis that things are just a little tougher for him now? Uh, I haven't seen that. I mean, he goes out and he, he cranks every day. So, I mean. Goat. He's a busy guy. Greatest of all time right there. I'm a tuna eyeball eater. See, you like tuna eyeballs. I'm I'm okay. Here's some deep fried tarantula. Yummy. I'll eat it. Yeah, I'll eat anything. That's fine. Not a lot, but I'll try it. Someone said only Dylan let down the hoodie memo today. We were all so yeah, excited. And I wore pants, it. so you know. Oh, you idiot. I'll, I'll like just, to take my pants off. I wish you would. I was gonna have to take my pants off, so then we at least like total have one full pair of pants. I kind of feel like we should just put pants on. Oh, Marco came running down the uh, hallway. Just says, to no, see. do not take the pants. <laughs> that's off. not no. what Mar- that's no. not what Marco said. <laughs> A beautiful cut to rediscover on Marco's final day. Give us one more on the way out, Dylan. Jason's already on record saying it's overblown. So that they're yeah, doing too much. Right. It's way, way too much, and they need to dial it back. So with Jason already saying that, I don't think that uh, Jason. I don't think Jason wants Taylor Swift at the Eagles Chiefs game on that Monday night. Weird time to go third person. Brian Flores is a hammer, and <laughs> there's a lot of benefit to that. If you're out there pounding screws, you know it's it's not going to really work out for you. I can't think of a better way to end what has been an odd week here in the zone. Nick Bolton's a scrub that shouldn't get a contract extension. Oh, God, that's going to get cut. No! No! We were so close to a perfect end to this show! That's not what I meant! It's like you cut that and then took it out of context. Hey, wait a second. Is that the whole bit? Hey, we'll have to hope to have Jason back on Monday. Thanks to Dylan Michaels. I'm Joshua Briscoe. Till next time. Bye-bye!